This is the Breaking Labels Podcast, and I'm Rosanna Gill. Each episode, we'll discuss labels that have confined the stories of my guests at one point or another and their journeys to thrive beyond them. Some labels are external, and others we put on ourselves as limiting beliefs. But regardless of where the label comes from, we're here to break it because we were meant for so much more. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Breaking Labels podcast. I am your host, Rosanna Gill. Today, you are going to get to hear my conversation with Tuti Tulianen. And you will understand why I'm taking such care to say that once you listen to the episode. She actually introduced me to a term I'd never heard before, but makes sense. And she talks about her experience with reverse culture shock. You know, living in the United States from a young age until she graduated high school and then moving back to her country of origin and what that was like for her. And I just thought it was a very interesting conversation and kind of gives a little perspective. It gave me perspective as somebody who's never lived in another country, how just because you're from one area doesn't mean that when you go back to that area, the transition is always easy. And that The cultures that you live in, even if it's not your native culture, does impact you and it does stay with you. So really, really cool conversation. But before we get into that conversation, I did want to also let you know about our partner for this week's episode of the podcast, and that is Candid. Candid is an aligner company. I am currently using their aligners to fix some crowding issues that I started to deal with after my wisdom teeth came in. Actually, I had my wisdom teeth taken out about five years ago now, but even after they were taken out, unfortunately, I started to see more crowding on my bottom teeth and also even my top teeth. And it was something that I I kind of been getting more and more self-conscious on. I actually started with a different company I think in 2019, yes, because it was before COVID. And I just didn't love the experience as much. And as much as I wanted to fix my teeth, I was worried about the pain because the previous brand I used, there was a decent amount of pain that I, for whatever reason, didn't anticipate. I guess it should have been common sense because I was moving my teeth, but I just didn't expect it because I'd never had braces as a child. But I'm really pleased to say I waited a couple weeks using my Candid aligners before I mentioned anything about it because I wanted to test it for myself. Before I share anything with you guys, I would have tested and know how I like it or don't. And I don't have the same pain that I did in the previous brand's aligners. Now, also, I was given really good advice this time that I should start my new aligners because I think it's every two weeks you do a a different aligner. And they suggest that you do it at night. You put your new ones in at night before going to bed. And if you want to, take in a leave or an Excedrin in case there is pain. But then that way, those first 12 hours when your teeth are getting accustomed to the tighter fit of the aligners, you're sleeping. You You don't feel that. So I've done that. I'm now on my second tray or my second treatment and still no pain. It actually is pretty comfortable. And what I also really love about Candid is I can drink more than just water. It can be even flavored water that has color in it because with my previous ones, the only thing I could have was water. And in theory, I went into it thinking, oh, well, that's going to be great. I can just be really hydrated. But that the novelty of that wore off after like a week when I realized, oh man, every time I drink a coffee or a Celsius or something other than water, I have to take them out. That was a pain in the butt. I do not have to do that with Candid. It's really nice. Now, what I will say is when I have something that has sugar, I will take the aligners out and rinse them out. The other thing that I really like about Candid is before the other brand, and maybe it was because it was just a very hyper sped up process, but even when I would take the other aligners out, it would kind of hurt. And that was part of the reason I really hated having to take them out, even just to rinse them out because I'd had something to drink. With Candid, it doesn't hurt. It really doesn't. They have a little tool you use to pop them out. And I really haven't been experiencing the pain or the discomfort that I did before. So for me, it's been a great experience. If you want to check it out, I 
thoroughly encourage you to use the link in my show notes. There's no promo code, but if you use the link in my show notes, then you will get a free visit. And if you decide to get aligners, you will get $250 off those aligners. So that's a pretty good deal, I'd say. And I really encourage it doesn't hurt any at all to at least go in and get a consultation. And then the best part is once you go in and get the consultation and they do the the x-rays and the imaging of your teeth, that's the last time you have to go in. You actually get this really cool device that does scans of your uh, teeth as you progress through the treatment. And I think that's pretty easy. And it's great because I can just do that in my bathroom at home. Those scans are going to go to an orthodontist. They'll look at them. Again, I'm not having to go to a dentist or an orthodontist every time I have to change into my new aligners. And that's really convenient and easy. So again, use the link in my show notes and you can do a consultation or at least do your research on Candid if you think you might be interested in that. All right, with that, let's jump into my conversation with Duty. Okay, so I am so excited that today I get to talk with Tuti Tulianen, who I have some history with. We actually went to high school together in North Augusta, South Carolina, many years ago. Of all places. I know, of all places. (laughs) (laughs) And we've kept in touch over the years, and I'm so excited to have her on the podcast because she has such an interesting origin story for a few reasons that I'm going to let her explain. But before we get into it, we're going to go ahead and first start with Tootie's name. <laughs> because one of the things we always joked about in high school was how her name was butchered because Tootie was not born in the United States. And if you are watching this on YouTube or you see a clip, you will see that Tootie's, the way that Tootie's name is spelled is not how the average American would spell the name Tootie. So with that, <laughs> I'm going to have Tootie explain this. Yeah, so my name um, in Finnish would be pronounced Tytti Tuliainen. And it's difficult in, in, in many ways. Like in, in the U.S., the way it's spelled, it's T-Y-T-T-I. And when you see that name in front of your face without knowing that you can pronounce it, which like in like Tuti, which became my nickname, many people would rather take a stab and say Titty. And... <laughs> Yeah, that was that was a great like. At least it worked as an icebreaker, like down the line, right? Like you got a laugh, but then let's like I, I remember um, one time, like I think I was I was still in elementary school, and I met this really cute guy, and like he I introduced myself, and like as I introduced myself, I said, "Hi, my name's Tootie," and he burst out laughing, and I'm like, "Oh, great!" And he was like, "Well, that can't be your real name." I'm like, "Well." Yes and no, like Tootie is a nickname, but like it's also my actual name, but you wouldn't be able to pronounce my real name. So I say Tootie and then it was just a whole thing. But I'm like, just so like it became a bit of like an anxiety thing. Like I hated having to like introduce myself to new people because I knew that like my name is already like complicated and it would turn into this whole thing. So, yeah. Which is not complicated. It's just amazing to me how... I don't know if, if other countries are like this, but I feel like Americans, sometimes we have very small periscope views of how to pronounce things. And, and okay. Than what we think it should be, then to us, it's wrong. Yes. I mean, I, I definitely see that side with like a lot of, um, I don't want to say a lot. Some Americans are like, they're so used to just seeing like the typical American names that then when they get a strange to them looking name, they just, they almost get like this mental block that they're mm-hmm. like, okay, I can't possibly understand this name and I can't possibly say it right. They'll say they almost give up before they even try. But yes. I, but to like credit, like to the Americans, it's also my name um, has the Y, which is a sound that doesn't exist in the U S language. So the U S mm-hmm. tongue and the U S mouth hasn't been trained to produce a sound like that. So if someone doesn't know how to say it, it's because they've never had to say that sound in their own native language. So like it's, and also because I have the Y plus then the double T's. There isn't like in in the English language, you don't really like, even if you have a double consonant, you don't pronounce it. Like in in Finnish, you actually make a pause, like like it's, if if I only had one T in my name, it would be 
instead of tutti. So it's it makes a difference to have like the two T's in the pronunciation. Oh. So it's it's really difficult when when your name is really like um, has unique sounds to your own native language and it's not like a common sound in another one. And I was so jealous at my sister, like she had the easiest name in the world, like Nelly, like it's the same in all the countries. And I was like, I remember going to my mom one day, I'm like, why did you have to give me such a hard name? Like, it's not international at all. <laughs> yeah, little could have she known that she would end up taking me to the US and mm -hmm. <laughs> that would be a thing. Well, so let's talk about how old you were when you came to the U.S. Um, and if if people haven't picked up on it, you were born in Finland. That's where you're from. Yes. Um, so what brought you to the United States and opened you up to all these wonderful conversations about your name? <laughs> so, yeah, I was nine years old when um, my, my mom told us that we were moving to the U.S. So my parents got divorced when I was around six years old. And then my stepdad came into the picture. Um, later and then he was actually working for a company that did a lot of expat arrangements to the US at the time. The, the It was a Finnish company but they had lots of locations all around the US. He was in the paper machine industry. Um, so a lot of the Finnish engineers, their knowledge was then like utilized in the US and he got an offer for a three years contract. Well, it was supposed to be a one year contract that got extended to three years and then to four years. But that's another topic. But um, <laughs> so we came because of his job. And at the time, like I said, I was nine. And it was actually funny because in Finland, in public schools, all the Finnish kids need to start learning English in the third grade. Well, I was just finishing the second grade. So oh. I had never like learned any English. I remember when we, we were just about to move to the U.S., I had a conversation with my grandma. And she was like, well, let me teach you how to count to three and say yes and no. Like, <laughs> that, that's all the language I know. And like, I, I remember like her teaching me how to count to three and say yes and no. And um, yeah, then we came over. My my stepdad told me that like my biggest concern at the time was certainly not, you know, not speaking the language or not understanding the culture or anything. I asked, do they have a McDonald's there? That was my question. And he, you can imagine, he started laughing. He was like, yeah, I think there's one or two. I think you'll be good. <laughs> like... Yeah, because it's kind of where it started. That's yeah, I had no idea. Like, we had just gotten McDonald's in our town, like, I think it was the year before or two years before. So to me, in my mind, that was, like, a new thing. And, like, I had no, like, I don't know, me as a kid, I didn't, like, I, I thought it was, like, a finished thing in McDonald's. Yeah, great. It's no, it's why would you assume that it would be, to, you wouldn't? And yeah, I got to say, I was, yeah. Nine-year-old kid, a unifying nine-year-old thing. Like, of course, that's what a kid is going to worry about. Not assimilating. Like, yo, no, what kind of food? No. Where am I getting my snacks? Yeah, and, and I remember, like, still to this day, my first day of school, my first day of third grade, going in. We were living in Wisconsin at the time, and first day of school, I went. Like, my mom offered. She was like, "Oh, let me come, like, see you off and and take you to your class." And I was like, "No, that's embarrassing. You're not coming with me." Um, I'm not having my mom like take me to class or whatever. So I had my Finnish English dictionary and I went to school. Like I didn't speak a word of English. And I remember like the teacher coming up to me like during lunchtime because in Finland, in the schools, in elementary schools, kids take off their shoes like and you just go around the school with your socks on. So like I didn't think to look at what the other kids were doing. So I took my shoes off and I was like with my socks going around, especially because you have like carpeted floors everywhere. So I, like as a Finnish person, you don't wear shoes inside and not on carpet. So like I was going around with my, my socks and my teacher comes to me. She, he, he takes my dictionary, like greatest teacher in the world, by the way. Like he, I was super lucky to have him as my first teacher there. But he came and he looked up the word shoes in the in the dictionary and he was pointing, he was pointing to the word and then he was pointing to my feet and then he pointed to all the other kids' feet and I was like, ah, oh, I need to put my shoes on. So then I go and put on my shoes. So it was just, I don't know, I, I'm i like so proud of myself, my past self that I was that, I don't know, confident, stupidly confident in some ways, but like that I was just like, yeah, look, let me go, I'll figure it out. Of course, it was a good age as well because the like kids were super curious. They were um making me say 
different words and then they would laugh because I would say them funny because I didn't know what I was saying and it was just <laughs> but but they were so like I didn't take it in a bad way because they didn't mean it in a mean way they were just super curious and I think it helped break the ice that okay there's this strange person who doesn't speak our language but like everybody wants to find out who I am and like what's going on so it was good <laughs> <laughs> well, I also think, and it's it's a twofold thing, which obviously the kids wouldn't have understood at the time, but I think it's really great for children of that age to be exposed to somebody from a different culture. And in that sort of an environment where they can just go through curiosity, right? And right. again, you're lucky you had a teacher that you did who maybe hopefully didn't discourage that because that's just kids mm-hmm. being kids. Like there was no malintent. Exactly. It was just, and, and kids need that. They need to explore. Mm-hmm. And coming into the, like, well, I think it would be any culture, but me coming from Finland to the American culture, I mean, there were so many things in the typical American school day that I wasn't used to, like the Pledge of Allegiance. Everybody stands up. I'm like, why is everybody standing up? And then they recite this thing. And I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And then I remember the teacher taking me to the side and I, I there had to be a translator or like, maybe it was my mom or I don't know, something, somehow they explained to me that, okay, you're from Finland. You, if you don't want to, you don't need to stand up and you don't really? need to put your hand over your heart because that's like, that's for Americans. But if you want to, you can. And I just, they, they handled it so well. I didn't feel any pressure that I needed to, but then in my whole, like, oh, I want to assimilate to the culture. I always stood up and I always, even before I knew the words, like would just stand there and hold my hand over my heart because everybody else did. And I just wanted to be like, like everybody else. So that was fine. But Um, but I think they, like the teacher handled it super well. And I remember like when, uh, every day when all the kids went to music class, I went to English as a second language class and I would learn English when everybody else learned music. And then I remember as I was getting a little bit better with my English, when we had English class and we had spelling tests, um, our teacher would like read out the word for everybody else. And then, oh, and here comes Tootie's word red <laughs> and then I write red <laughs> and it was just somehow it, it it didn't feel like oh you're the odd one out or somehow oh you need the dumb word because you don't know it was just every all the kids in the class knew that I was learning English and that was my word and yeah I it was just somehow really really interesting I have to say I'm really impressed and I appreciate who the people who told you you didn't have to pledge allegiance to the flag like hey mm-hmm. This is an American thing. Just because, especially in the last four years, I feel like the assumption would be that the opposite conversation would have been had. Yeah, and that's true. Like, who are you to say the Pledge of Allegiance? You're not American. And luckily, throughout most of my time in the U.S., I never encountered that side of it because I know that exists. And I know my parents have had a couple issues with um, people being a little bit negative towards, like, them being foreigners in the U.S. and not being uh, that they shouldn't do certain things. But I I was lucky, lucky enough that I never had that. Like, I remember my mom, you remember she was studying at Aiken Tech. Mm-hmm. Um, she was studying her bachelor in business. No, associate's degree. Anyway, she was studying there and she had English class there. And I think she they had to do an essay or some kind of test or something. And she got the best grade in the class. And one of the other students said, how can that be? She doesn't even speak English as her sec- as her first language, like she speaks with an accent. And somehow to this person, the fact that my mom is speaking English with an accent meant that she couldn't be good in English. Just really strange things. But but OK, I, I also remember I will regret one of these things for the rest of my life. I remember saying the words to my mom. We were in Wisconsin. I had like I was at the stage where I had learned English probably after a year of being there or something. I had friends over and my mom came to ask us like we wanted snacks or something. And I remember telling her, mom, can you not speak English, please? That's embarrassing. And I can't believe that I told that to my mom. And I like, okay, yeah, I was a stupid kid. But now living in Switzerland and trying to learn German, if if I had a kid who came up to me and said that to me, I would slap them around a little bit. I'm doing the best <laughs> I can learning the stupid language. And like, right. I, it's, it's just so funny, the things you're embarrassed by. And I, I also things about the Finnish culture. I don't remember, know if you remember, you probably do. When he came over to our house, you always had to take your shoes off, right? Because like oh, my parents. That. Yeah. And, and like for the longest time, I was embarrassed to tell my friends who came over to take off their shoes like I always did because that was just the thing in our house. But somehow I found that to be 
some sort of like that I had to apologize for that. And and it's it seems funny because there's plenty of cultures around the world where it's not normal that you walk around in your shoes. And I remember I, I went to um, another one of our mutual friends' houses back in North Augusta, and I took off my shoes when I went in because I would I would do that everywhere. I, I I wouldn't walk in other people's houses with my shoes on, even if they did. And I put my shoes next to the like the door, the front door. And like at one point they noticed, like their family noticed that I had taken my shoes off and they were pointing at my shoes and laughing like, oh, that's so cute. Look what she did. She took her shoes off. And I was like, I'm sorry. That's just that like respect. my culture. And, and, and <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't want to bring my muddy shoes in your living room, but I don't know. But at that point I was quite used to it. So it wasn't a, like, it didn't uh, phase me that much, but I just, I remember thinking, wow, like this is still a thing. Like people don't realize that, you know, some cultures in Japan, uh, again, you would never go into rooms with your out like outside shoes on. So. so I think part of the reason that it didn't, I don't remember that, but it wouldn't have flagged anything in my mind is because my family that lives in Connecticut, that mm-hmm. where my aunt is Japanese. I remember up yeah. every summer. That was a thing. And I, it would take yeah. me a little while to get used to, but then you get used to it and then you don't think about it and you just, okay, if I come right. in, I take my shoes off. And now it's funny because here I feel like I tend to do that and I don't like walking around my room in the bath. Like there's certain places mm-hmm. I'm like, why would I have my outdoor shoes on? It's gross. Mm-hmm. But it's taken how many years of me being exposed to other cultures where that's normal, right. where it's like, well, you know, oh, it's an option. You guys are onto yeah. something. Exactly. And imagine the amount of, time you save not having to clean the floors as much because they're not as dirty. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Are on to some cultural thing. It could just be yeah. efficiency. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Now I'm curious, did you notice different reactions or responses in North Augusta or South Carolina versus in Wisconsin? And also I wonder if part of it would have to be different ages as well. Yeah, I think age plus by the time we made it, our family made it to to North Augusta. I mean, I had lived in the U.S. for five years. So at that time, I was already speaking American English. I didn't have an accent at that stage. Okay, I, I didn't have a Southern accent, but I had a, a Northern U.S. accent. So if unless you heard my name or mm-hmm. you heard my parents speaking, you wouldn't know that I wasn't an American kid. So at that stage, I guess not really... I do remember that it was harder to assimilate into high school being from somewhere new, but that I don't think had like anything to do with the culture side. It was just any U.S. kid going into a new high school would have the same issue. So I I don't think that that was the thing. I think it was mainly at that stage, just I I had accepted that I would like my name is Tootie and I wouldn't at that stage, I never even tried to teach people to pronounce my name correctly. I, I I remember for some time in Wisconsin, I tried to teach people to say my name correctly. And like all my friends, they started out saying it as correctly as they could. And that evolved into Tootie. And somehow I, I, I find that so special. Like now, now Tootie is, it's one of my names. It's, it's a nickname. It's if I'm speaking English, even in Europe now, in Finland, wherever, if I'm speaking English, I refer to myself as Tootie. So it's, it, it's somehow like, Tootie is the English version of me. And then 50 is like the, the Finnish, Finnish version. And yeah, it's nice. <laughs> when did you start to have to deal with this? That And we talked about this before we started recording, but the where are you from conundrum? When did that really start to, one, be something you had to deal with, but then two, get to be something that you kind of had some feelings about? Well, I think, I, okay, for as long as I lived in the U.S., it wasn't such an issue because, or at least in the very beginning, because I wasn't that assimilated to the American culture. So there, if someone asked me where I was from, of course, I would say I was from Finland. And all I would say all the way until the, like, even in North Augusta, like, even I had, even though I had grown up in the U.S. and I had spent a significant amount of my life at that stage, almost 50% of my life in the U.S., um, I was still, I felt very Finnish. Like I felt like an outsider. So there for me, it made sense that I didn't have to explain to people that I've lived in the U.S. for X many years. Um, because of course I was a, like a foreigner in, in a, in a sense. 
been there, I usually then got the question once they asked where I was from and they found out I wasn't from the US, that I was from Finland. They were like, oh, but your English is so good. And then then that led to the conversation. Well, yeah, I'm from Finland, but I've lived here for the past X many years. So that wasn't really a thing. But I remember I had the biggest culture shock moving back to Finland. For the longest time in the US, I was, because I felt like not, not an outsider in a negative way. I mean, I had amazing friends. I really loved it there. And I was, I, I was a, like, I was an American kid for, for most of the part. It was fine. No issues. But somehow I always felt like, especially with the name thing and certain cultural things, like I always thought, okay, when I move back to Finland, it'll be easier because I'll be, I'll be in my home country, right? I'll be, I'll, I'll be back with the other Finns. And not until I moved back did I realize how American I was. I wasn't Finnish anymore. I moved back to the I, I moved back to Finland and yeah, I wasn't a Finnish girl anymore. I mean, I spent every summer in Finland, but I'm I spent it mainly with my family at our summer cottage and, and I wasn't mingling with other kids or other people my age. So I didn't really realize how different they were. And uh, grow like spending so much time in the US, I didn't speak Finnish with the same lingo as, as the, the other kids or young people my age. I sound like a 90-year-old. But in Finland, Finnish is a language where it makes a huge difference or there is a huge difference between the written Finnish and the spoken Finnish, more so than in the English language. So I spoke Finnish like you would write it. And people like, I, I it was funny, I never developed an accent, which was, I mean, huge props to my parents. They were really strict with us that when we were home, When we were, my sister and I, when we were speaking, they made sure that we were speaking Finnish with each other. We would have wanted to speak English because it was so much easier for us. But if they caught us speaking English, they would stay in the room and stand there and like, okay, you can continue your conversation, but you're continuing it in Finnish. And it was, I, I hated it at that time, but I'm so thankful for it now because if they hadn't done that, I would have lost I never Finnish realized language. they were that strict about. It. I remember you guys always speaking Finnish, and I used to love yeah. to just sit there and be like, "Well, there's Listen, no Finnish exactly. word for Rosanna, so I know if yeah. they're going to talk about me." But mm. like, no, like they. I mean, okay, if 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 I had you over or other friends over, I may have just out of politeness to to you guys, I would speak to my parents in English on occasion, just so that like you or someone else didn't feel like we were talking about you or or something. Like I, I didn't want that that to be a thing. But uh, for the most part, yes, they were super strict that I was to speak to them in Finnish and to my sister in Finnish, and we spoke Finnish at home. So uh, I think that's a that place. Yep. Go ahead. I'm going to clarify something because I make that joke, but I never actually worried whether or not you guys were talking about me. For the no, record. no, I, uh, <laughs> okay, because I just thought no, I'm like, not, oh, God, no, no, but just like I, I wouldn't think that any one of my friends would have actually thought that that was the case, but just out of courtesy get I mm-hmm. especially okay now years later I have been in situations where people are talking in a language next to me or like I'm included in the group but they're speaking a language I don't understand and that's not nice right I mean you know that they're not ta- like talking about me but mm-hmm. you still want to be included or to be able to like first but anyway so yeah it's big thanks to my parents that I I never developed an accent I know other Finnish kids my age who spent less time in the U.S. and they came back with an accent and I'm like, did you like make it up or like want to have an accent to, I don't know, but, it, but luckily me and my sister, we never did. The only thing where you could hear that we weren't na- like native Finnish speakers anymore at that stage was like the words that we used and we were really speaking grammatically correctly, which in Finnish like conversations you wouldn't do so much. So But but yeah, that, but at that stage, I mean, I moved back to Finland and somehow it wasn't, I didn't feel like I was coming home. I was like, okay, I'm, now I'm supposed to be where I belong. And all of a sudden I, I don't anymore. Like it was funny because then like I would be having conversations with people and they would ask about, oh, where did you go to school? Or like, where where are you from? And then I would tell them, oh yeah, I'm, I, I've lived in the US and in, in Finland, it's, it's a a little bit of like the side of the Finnish culture that I'm not super excited about. But in Finland, you're not supposed to brag about yourself, right? You're supposed to stay quite humble. I mean, being humble is good, but like you're, you're supposed to kind of, if you have a fancy car, yeah, you can have it, but don't talk about it. Just keep it and be happy about it, but keep it to yourself basically. And me telling people that, oh, I, I lived in the States and I lived in, 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 in Wisconsin and New York and South Carolina and 
people got really angry and they were like, well, we don't need to know all that. Why are you bragging? And I'm like, I'm not bragging. How how else do I like, and then I would talk about my experiences and all of my experiences, or at least the big ones happened to me in the U S. So naturally a lot of my stories would involve some doing something in the U S and people took that in a very negative way. And, And I, I felt that was really hard. And then that from that, I think somehow this trigger question, where are you from? I felt like I had to justify to people that, yeah, I'm from Finland, but know that I've also spent a significant part of my life in the U.S. And if it, if it was a conversation in English, it was quite okay because people could hear from my, my um, American accent that, yes, I've learned my English somewhere other than just in Finland. But yeah, I don't know. That, I think that's where it started. But to add to that, I think after getting over like the shock, I remember I had I had spent maybe six months in Finland and I, it had always been super clear to me in my head that after I graduate high school, I will move back to Finland. It was somehow I had decided it really, really early on. My mom was trying to persuade me. Otherwise she was like, Oh, just apply to Clemson or USC or, or somewhere just as a backup. I'm like, Nope, I'm moving to Finland. That's where I belong. That's where I'm going. My dad was in Finland because my, my parents had separated. So um, somehow for me, it was, like all of my family outside from my parents and my sister <laughs> were in Finland and somehow it, it wasn't a discussion for me until I got there. And I remember calling my mom, crying to her, I hate it here. I can't live here. I don't belong here. Please take me back. I'll, I'll work at McDonald's or I'll go somewhere. I'll, I'll apply for scholarships. I'll do something. And my mom's like, I'm sorry, it's too late. Like you're there. You haven't applied for any colleges. I don't have the money to pay for your college. You didn't apply for any scholarships or any stipends or anything. So at that point, it was like, okay, I'm in Finland and I have to make it work. And it was just, it was a really tough time. It was, it was somehow like, and, and actually then, and I never even knew like that reverse culture shock was a thing. I, I, I was assuming I'm going home. Of course I'll be welcome there. I'm from there. And I, I was like, oh, I've spent all the summers there. I know the people. And I had some really close friends, luckily, who were living there. Like, And then they had known me all, well, not all my life, but for a significant amount. So at least I had them to like lean on. But even my closest friends, some of the things that they would say, I, I, I can't remember. I pronounced a make of a car, like the way that American person would say it. And I remember her, like this person laughing at me, laughing at the way I pronounced it. And she corrected me. And I was like, well, I'm sorry. I didn't know that in Finland, you're not supposed to say it that way, that you're supposed to say it like the German way, the way that it's pronounced in Germany. And and it, and she didn't, by no means did she mean it in a mean way. She just, to her, she was surprised that anybody would pronounce it any other way. And, and I was surprised <laughs> that that I wouldn't say it if I'm speaking English, that I would like say it the like English way. And same thing, it was in like, if I would go to McDonald's in Finland, for example, it was if I would go and order a Big Mac, and I would pronounce it Big Mac. And then then the people would take it as, oh, I'm trying to brag how well I can speak English. I was supposed to pronounce Big Mac the way you say it in Finnish because you're in Finland and you're supposed to read it off the menu like you would pronounce it in Finnish. And it was wow. really like this balancing act for a long time for me to learn when I can use English without it being bragging and when I should finish size the the English words that I was using it was a really like I don't know bizarre situation to be in um I never thought that that would be a thing but it was and and I remember it was just it was really strange and and because you know me I'm I I would like to think that I'm quite a down-to-earth person that I don't go around bragging about things I (laughs) I, I I try to stay to myself most of the time. And I, I try to kind of like assimilate to the group and not, you know, bring all my own opinions. So it was really tough that I felt like I was being misperceived in these situations where people were like, okay, just, yeah, you don't, we know you can speak English perfectly, just shut up. And I was like, I'm sorry, like, should I develop an accent so that you feel better? <laughs> you I, feel I, less threatened or less self-conscious exactly. about your own English. Yeah. And I remember even my grandma in Finland I mean, Finnish people as a whole are not as expressive as Americans, right? And <laughs> Americans have the president smile, like whenever you have a picture, everybody's smiling, and really big smiles, like white smiles. And it was right after I had graduated high school and my grandma was wanting to take a picture of me in my cap and gown. And I was standing in her garden 
She was about to take the picture and I was smiling, right? Like a normal smile, like I, I always smiled. And she was like, well, can you smile a little bit less American? And I was like, what? What, do you, what do you mean, grandma? Like, what do you mean less American? She was like, less teeth. Like, you don't need to show all your teeth. And I was like, okay, grandma. And then like, then I smiled and I just smiled with my mouth closed. I was like, come on. Like, I wasn't doing it because like I was trying to be American. I was doing it because that was my smile. But apparently that smile wasn't finished enough. Like it wasn't. It, it somehow was too much, and and yeah, it it seemed it seemed fake to my grandma, even though it wasn't a fake smile. It was just the way I had learned to smile. But it was it, all of these really little things that you would never think would be an issue. Um, now, did so Nella funny. go through the same thing? Did she have the same sort of reverse culture shock? Or um, I don't. I have to. I would have to ask her. I think I even uh, my. I did my master's thesis on reverse culture shock, by the way, because it was what? just. It was so much fun. I because I, my master's degree, I have an intercultural communication, and there it was the perfect topic. Reverse culture oh. shock. I interviewed like twenty five people who had lived for a significant amount of time abroad. I think I had it that they had to have been at least three years living in another country before they moved back to Finland. And it was really interesting. I think Nelly was one of the people I interviewed, but I think she probably had it easier. I could be putting words into her mouth, but I think it was easier for her because I was already there. Mm -hmm. um, so she had me to lean on in her transition. Nelly was all, also at that stage of her life, she was going through quite a, like a rebellion and, and transition. So she was like fully ready for the independence and being away from my parents and, and everything. So she, like, she started thriving when she moved back to Finland. Um, also Nelly, she went to a, like a Finnish school when she started studying in Finland. When I came back, I joined an English speaking university. And at that time, you might remember, I was also in a relationship with an American guy. So all of my time, even though I was living in Finland, I was speaking English at school. I was speaking English at home. So I was living in my own little like English speaking oh. bubble. So it took me, I would say I hindered myself from, from assimilating back to the Finnish culture by, by being in such an international bubble, even though I was there. And my sister went headfirst into Finnish culture. And I remember seeing and hearing it in her, in the way she spoke within a half a year, she was speaking like all of the other people our age and I was like you sound so weird you're you're like I, I almost took offense like you don't sound like yourself you're you're speaking all like the other people here and 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 somehow I felt like it was unfair that I had been in Finland for one year longer than she had but she was she was assimilating much faster but yeah oh well <laughs> now, but it, I think it was that once you were out of sort of this English speaking bubble, well, but that even would have been delayed, right? So this is after college, after you mm -hmm. weren't in a relationship with, with right. the American. Um, was it easier to to feel like you were assimilating? Was it easier to feel like you were kind of? I think as as I was starting, I mean, I first when I was still um, studying in the bachelor's program, I I started doing diving as a hobby in Finland. And there I joined the dive club and there most of the people are Finnish. And I noticed through there um, that then I, as I was starting to do hobbies where I had regular contact with people who were speaking Finnish, then it, it, then it got easier. Um, and I would say the, the majority of the assimilation back didn't really happen until I started dating my now husband. So, I mean, he's Finnish and it was the first time in how many years, like since America and since moving back to Finland that I was spending huge chunks of my day speaking Finnish. And he was like, at the beginning of a relationship, he was like, you're so quiet. You don't, you don't speak very much. I was like, look, it takes me a while to formulate a sentence in Finnish. And like to, I, I still think and dream in English. And I, I almost really? have to like translate everything into Finnish before I say it. So like he's staring at me, waiting for me to reply. And I'm trying to put my words together to figure out <laughs> what to say. And it's, it, wow. but it's gotten much, much better. But I remember really in the beginning, it was a bit of a struggle because I wasn't used to speaking that much Finnish. And especially like also in a romantic context, all of my romantic relationship talk and all of my like, oh my God, couple, couple, like being a couple had all been in English. And all of a sudden I had to like 
say these like not romantic things because one Finnish people don't say romantic things, but just like <laughs> trying to trying to have like conversations as a couple in Finnish, having fights in Finnish Ooh. is difficult. I still struggle like when we disagree on something and we might raise our voices or we get we exchange words. I I really struggle. I would want to almost switch to English so I can like feel like I'm making myself heard because he's going off and I'm trying to like be a part of the conversation, but it's just it's too fast and I can't think that fast and finish. So it's really it's still a bit of a thing. But yeah, I'm getting wow. more confused probably <laughs> than, than better <laughs> at the moment living in another country. But anyway, so that's not that's a whole other layer, right? At what when did you move to Switzerland? So I had spent about nine years back in Finland um, when we found out that my my boyfriend had gotten the job offer to to relocate with his company to Switzerland. And I remember we had just bought a house in Finland oh. um, and we were renovating it. It was a house. It wasn't really old. It was like built in 85, but like it, it needed a little freshening up around the like house. We had redone the kitchen. And I remember the day we were laying tile on the foyer area the entry entrance into our house and we were like putting down the tile and he was like oh by the way I got a job offered to move to Switzerland today and I was like <laughs> okay let's finish laying the tile and and then let, let's let's have that discussion but right away I at that point I had somehow at that point I was fully assimilated back to Finland I had in my mind I had envisioned okay this is it I had my like American adventure. I'm back back in Finland. I love it here. I I had friends again in Finland. I had made a whole like life for myself there. So I was like, okay, this is it. We have a house and and we'll live here. And when I found like when he told me that he had got that offer, my reaction immediately to him was, we have to do it. If you want to go, we have to do it because I've I've I know what it's like living abroad. I I've done it. Been there, done that. I could have been happy living in Finland for the rest of my life but he had never lived anywhere else oh so for him and he had always been jealous because his brother had actually done an exchange in Ohio in Ohio oh. um, and he was always jealous at his brother that he got the opportunity to do an exchange period in the U.S. and he'd never he'd never done that so I could I could tell in his like the way he was telling me about this opportunity and he had gone there on business trips a couple of times before I was like there's no way we can pass up this opportunity. We just, we'll go and we can always come back if we don't like it, right? I mean, you can always come back home. So now it'll be really interesting if we, if and when we go back to Finland, um, what it will be like somehow. Now I'm like, oh, now I know what reverse culture shock is and I'm prepared this time. Like now I'll, I'll, I'll be more ready for the fact that Finland has moved on since I lived there and relationships have changed in that time and and it might be a little bit different. I'm really curious to see how it's for him because it's oh. the first time that he would be moving back home, back home from a, from another country. But let's see, I, I, I would say I haven't assimilated to Switzerland at least so far, as well as I assimilated to the U S but that's probably also an age thing, right? I, was I mean, I was a kid. I I'm still struggling with learning German. I mean, and also again moving to a country they speak four different languages four official languages in switzerland and i didn't speak one of them okay one of them was french but it was my high school french which was not that great um <laughs> and and we didn't even move to the french speaking part so that wouldn't have been any use anyway but now living here in the german speaking area i've been trying to learn german and i'm doing quite well like i i, I can do small talk casual conversations in german i call my landlord in and and speak german to her But uh, business English, or sorry, business German is still a whole other thing. But yeah, let's see. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, French, Italian, German. And then there's like this very small part region that speaks like, um, I always forget the name of the language, but it's like a Rome, Roman, Rome. I forget the name, but it's, it's, I think it's only spoken by 10,000 people. In Switzerland, but it's it's one of their like historical languages, so they keep it as an official language. But yeah, so the like the southern part of Switzerland is the Italian-speaking region, which is on the border of Italy, so it makes sense. The French-speaking part is the French border, Geneva, and and that area, and then the northern part, the biggest part, I think, is German-speaking. I never knew that. Mm. 
But I will say, and to your point, I really do think age has a huge part to do with it. Mm -hmm. Like now that he will have the same issues, not issues, that sounds negative. Yeah, but but he would have the same experience. (laughs) Challenges. There you go. Because you moved at such a a young, malleable age and your brain was still developing. Like all these things, right? Where you were a sponge, you absorbed Mm -hmm. so much because you didn't have as much already yeah. just out of length of time on this earth mm-hmm. right for him right. He as, he's moving as an adult or coming back as an adult mm-hmm. and, and invariably it's going to be you know different but exactly. i would still be curious to see what things he will kind of look at from a different perspective coming yeah, back me too and we've already noticed some differences even when we visit finland like we visit our family we notice some like certain things that are just like little like cultural nuances and stuff like that but it's really interesting it'll be very, very curious to see what what we pick up, what we're not even aware of at the moment. I, I've told him I'm I'm really curious to find out if we move back, what things I'm going to miss from Switzerland that I don't realize now that I'll miss. Like mm-hmm. I can say some things for sure. Like the mountains here are amazing. Finland has gorgeous nature, beautiful nature, but it's a totally different type of nature, right? So mm-hmm. it's I, I know for sure I'll miss some things if if we move away, but but it'll be interesting to see all of the things that'll take me by surprise that I never even realized. Now, and not to get like in the weeds of negativity, but mm. have ever been have there ever been negative experiences on the or negative responses on the where are you from? Um, I guess not negative, but mainly comical. I would say, or at least at least now I take them like. I, I just I just laugh. I remember when we moved here, um, we had just signed a lease on our apartment and I met the landlord for the first time. I introduced myself and she the first thing I think she probably like said, hey, how are you or something? But the first sentence coming out of her mouth was, oh, but you don't look Finnish. You don't have blonde hair or blue eyes. And <laughs> I was like, they're like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't look Finnish or or, or I don't look your depiction of Finnish. It's 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 somehow. And and now I don't know. You probably don't know this either, but like I, when I started my first job here um, in Switzerland, I, of course, went with my normal name, Tutti. Hi, I'm Tutti, and I was working in an admin uh, department. So we had like a shared inbox where everybody would get the messages. We had a shared like phone line to answer calls from the clients, and I think I had spent three months working there. And every time we got a phone call and someone would start the, someone else would pick up other than me, I, I could tell it was for me because the, the conversation started with, oh, um, I have, the, I need to talk to this person. I don't really know how to say her name. I'm like, oh, that's me. That, you can pass it over <laughs> to me. And, or then like we got an email saying, dear Titty, and it was written T-I-T-T-Y. Like, I'm like, can't you, you can see that that's not how it's written, but they would like send emails to your titty and the whole admin group would start laughing naturally because it's funny, but it wasn't funny to me. So after three months, I talked to my boss. I was like, do you think it would be okay if I change my email and change everything and start using my second name? So my second name is Ilona, which is a lot more internationally friendly. So then I talked to my manager. She was totally on board. She was like, look, I understand how you feel, especially, you know, with a shared inbox and everybody else seeing all of that, that I have to always correct our clients and say, yeah, sorry, that's not my name. But um, so then I sent out an email to our whole department. I was like, hey, guys, I'm doing some personal rebranding and I would like to go or I would start using I would like to start using my second name, which is Ilona. And I, I kind of gave some like reasons why I came to the conclusion. Then I told them, look, I'm happy for like all of you who have started like gotten to know me as Tootie. You can continue talking to me and, and calling me Tootie, but in business context, please use Ilona going forward. And and somehow that took a weight off. I no longer had to go into the office and deal like deal with like 10 times a day having to correct a client because of my name or or have that be like the start of every conversation. And then like I remember my my stepdad was asking, Do you regret that you didn't do it already in the US? And immediately I said, No, I couldn't have ever imagined doing that at that time. I wasn't ready for something like that. And all of my friends, like you, like I couldn't have imagined you all of a sudden having to relearn to call me Ilona instead of Tootie. And 
I mean, that was that was my name. Everybody knew me by by that name, and it wasn't it was a different context as well. It wasn't a business context or, or a, such a formal thing. But so now, um, yeah, now at work, everybody calls me Alona. It took me a while to get used to the fact that at work I have to <laughs> refer to myself as Ilona and not Tudi. I, I remember like answering the phone for months afterwards. I would answer Tudi. No, I mean Ilona. <laughs> so, but it was yeah, it was fine. And now. I'm doing great. And it's it's such a load off. It's one less thing to have to deal with on a daily basis. That is a not a trigger for me, but just a, a source of, I don't know, discomfort or something. I don't know what the right word would be, but yeah, that's good. So, well, two things. The where are you from is, I was very excited to talk about that with you just because it's interesting to me, the context and the weight of it, depending on where you're from. And mm-hmm. For me, I had a conversation with um, one of the guests on the podcast a while back, actually the recovering porn addict. And, mm-hmm. oh, I hate to say that. His name is Josh, not the recovering oh. porn addict. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> I had this whole conversation with him because I made a couple reels and um, TikToks about all the questions I get because mm-hmm. of my looks. And he was like, you know, why are you so upset that people think you're not from here? And I said, well, in our current climate, sometimes the it's not what you say, but it's how you say it. Yeah. I don't mind that people want to know where I'm from. That doesn't bother me one bit. Mm. What bothers me is that a lot of times that's not what they're really asking. It's Mm -hmm. what country are you from? How are you different than me? Mm. And that I don't always love. And again, it depends on context because I can tell usually if it's somebody who's outing out, asking out of sheer curiosity, you can Mm -hmm. ask me that question all day long. I don't mind it one bit. But when it's this, I almost feel like there's a guillotine and there's going to be a different response depending on what my answer is. Yes. And have you noticed that a lot of times when people ask that they've already made up their mind on the answer they want to hear? Yeah. Like they yep. ask, as an example, like someone asks you, oh, hey, Ratana, where are you from? And they're expecting you to say, oh, Mexico, or I don't know where they're imagining they think that you're from, from the Philippines. I don't know. But then when you <laughs> no, say, I'm <laughs> <laughs> so I mean then then you say oh I'm no I'm from the US and they almost start like arguing with you like no but you don't oh, yeah. look American and that that's the same like with me like someone oh uh, you're I'm I'm from Finland oh but you don't speak like a Finnish person I'm like well I may not speak like a Finnish person but I I that's still where I'm from and then that's where it gets into this if someone asks me such a simple question such a normal small talk icebreaker question where are you from <laughs> I feel like I need to have like a 30 minute monologue Right. With this person, so that they understand the who content. I am, and 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 I, I, I'm not, in my opinion, I'm not even getting into too much detail. I just want them to know, hey, this is Tootie slash Ilona slash whoever in what situation, and uh, yeah, this is my baggage. <laughs> Here you well, go. And I deal with now living in Boston because people will say like, "Are you from Boston?" And I'll say, "No, I live here." Mm. But then I'm like, "God, now they probably really think I'm trying to hint that I'm not from here." But it's just mm. like, no, it's because. And I'm not from South Carolina. Like I was born in Ohio. Mm-hmm. We moved very quickly after yeah. to New Orleans, lived there for exactly. a few years in South Carolina. But I always want to make sure to make a point to say that I'm not from Boston, not because mm-hmm. I'm offended. There's nothing wrong with being from Boston. But if I get excited and you hear my Southern accent, it's not mm-hmm. going to make sense. You're going to be like, why is this chick from Boston talking like, <laughs> right. what is this? So it's, it, and, and it feels very like, and I, I know I'm aware that sometimes I'm the one that makes it awkward because mm. I, I don't know how the conversation is going to go. I don't know how they mean it. So I'm trying to anticipate everything. And it's just, I just want to be like, can I just tell you, can I just tell you all the information you didn't ask? So then we're done mm-hmm. with this and we move on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's, that's the thing. Like even like if, okay, if someone would ask me where I'm from, you would think that it would be simple enough for me to say, oh, I'm from Finland, but I grew up in the U.S. Nope. Because then the next question is, oh, we're in the U.S. Well, <laughs> I was I've lived in Wisconsin and New York and South Carolina, and I, I've I've moved around so much. But but it, it was actually now that I say that, it was one of the best experiences when was when I started studying for my master's. So as I mentioned earlier, it was my degree, my master's degree is in intercultural communication, which was like perfect thing for me to study at that point because come on, that that's me in like a nutshell. So. And there, um, yes, we had a couple students also like other Finnish people, but I would say, I think it was about 20 of us in that program, uh, at least that started 
during their, the same year I did. And most of us were from somewhere else. And I remember this one girl, she um, introduced herself and she was basically an army brat. So her father was in the military and she had moved all over the place. And she, she when she did her introduction, she was like, I am from nowhere and everywhere. And I, I thought that was so cool. Like she listed, I can't remember, I think it was 17 countries that she had lived oh. in during her life. And I was like, okay, that I take second place to that. Like I'm not as messed up as, as her like background, <laughs> and, but, but she like, I admired her. She took it in stride. Like she had, like she had somehow decided that she's okay, that she's not really from anywhere or, but, but she's from everywhere at the same time. Like she's taken pieces of her with her from all of these different cultures. And like she had melded herself into this amazing person that she was. And, and I think that was a turning point for me as well. I was like, okay, look, I need to stop apologizing to people mm. that I'm not from just one place or that I'm not like just one culture, but rather like embrace it and, and let people know that, hey, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I have a Finnish name, but I'm also American and now probably Swiss. I don't know. But um, somehow that I think that was the point that I started really consciously paying attention that like stop apologizing that my background is so complicated and just then I think I, I needed to start like honing it down that I could answer that question without having that 30 minute monologue and, and really <laughs> kind of I, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> give give a simple answer that isn't so simple but mm -hmm. yeah. but I, I love that that's I think that's a a beautiful place to kind of bring it full circle, right? Because I was mm -hmm. going to ask, you know, what is some advice you would give someone who is in that situation where it's not a simple, where are you from? And, mm -hmm. and they could, you know, all these different places they've lived have all created this person that they are. So how mm -hmm. do you honor that, but also not go into a 10 minute monologue <laughs> exactly exactly I mean it's yeah I, I don't know what advice I would give other than I mean I think it just comes with time like even if someone would have told me when I was still like getting ready to move back to Finland from the U.S. I don't think I would have fully understood it even if someone had told me um, I probably wouldn't have been ready to hear it so mm. in some ways you just have to go through it and and learn it as you go but again I think it helps to surround yourself with other people who have that same kind of background because then in the same thing with those other students who are also um, coming from very like international backgrounds there, I didn't have to worry about like sounding like I was bragging anymore because I was talking about my international experiences because everybody else had them too. So in that group, it was normal. I wasn't like the weird one anymore, but everybody had that. So it wasn't like, it was almost like, the, the purely the, we had I think two students who were just like just from Finland that that makes it sound horrible but like <laughs> that, that that had spent the like majority of their life other than like maybe an exchange period in Spain or the U.S. or somewhere they were from Finland and they were like the odd ones out like they didn't have all of these experiences from from abroad but it was okay and it was somehow everybody was so open so I would say if you're really struggling just try to find other people who have similar experiences because you can really learn a lot from them and that might open your eyes like it did for me like this mm -hmm. I will always remember that girl's introduction of herself because it was somehow I was like something clicked I was like look that that person is has has lived in more countries than she's like years old almost and That's she managed so yeah <laughs> which and I'm glad you brought up you know get around other people and the beauty of of our world as it is you know it's like a catch-22 maybe sometimes we're mm -hmm. too involved in screen time but the beauty is you can be connected to people who are not physically near you and yeah. who have shared experiences so in that vein I'm very curious what was the impetus for you starting your YouTube channel and is that kind of a way that people can kind of get a sneak peek in on you and your life or so yeah, in a way, yes. Um, the it actually started first as a blog. So I remember when we decided to move to Switzerland, I was like, okay, well, this would be this time that now that I'm like have a fresh start, moving yet again to another country where I don't speak the language, I want to remember it because there's so many things that I wish I would remember from like moving to the U.S. and all of the struggles mm -hmm. that I had at that time. A lot of them I don't remember because okay, I was quite young. And then as well, like, you know, 
it, it was such a long time ago that that you wouldn't remember everything in, in that amount of detail. And also you kind of remember things that you want to, and some of them might be a bit already altered versions of what really happened. So, okay, I was like, okay, this time I want to like document my experience, my adventure, all of the struggles, all of the ups, all of the downs. So I started a blog where I was writing about, okay, we're moving to Switzerland. And I was talking about my struggle finding a job and, and all of the like um, fear that came with having to let go of a like a job in Finland and, and just kind of jump because, okay, my husband and boyfriend, he had a job, but I didn't have anything. And actually, because we weren't married at the time, I also didn't have a work permit to in Switzerland. So I was basically moving here i had uh, because it's they have a um, switzerland and finland have an agreement so i could for three months i could stay here and job hunt but if i wouldn't have found something within three months i would have then had to like travel back and forth between finland and switzerland and i, I was documenting all of that and all of the fears and all of the frustration that came from that and all again being in a country that i don't speak the language and so on and then as we kind of got assimilated to living in switzerland the blog posts got a bit more a few and far between I didn't have that many like kind of new and exciting experiences that I wanted to write about I was maybe posting like maybe once every few months and it was really like I was like okay I, I either need to stop like writing the blog or I need to transform it into something else and then like one day I was like okay well maybe it would be interesting like not like not to write about things but really to like film it and show people and and show this like one beautiful country and we've been traveling a lot so maybe I can share like all of my travel um, experiences and maybe even some advice and then that idea led to me first filming like my first YouTube video which I did publish but I was like okay let me film it let me try to edit it and let's see if I can stand to hear myself talking and, and to see if I even like it if I know how to edit so first I watched tens of YouTube videos on how to edit videos um, because I had never done it before. I quickly found out that my laptop at that time wasn't um, powerful enough to run any editing software. So I had to order a new laptop and I was like, okay, so now I'm like investing money into this potential hobby that I don't even know if I'll like. Um, but very quickly I learned that it was so much fun. I, the original idea was like to have it as kind of a travel blog and, and, and document where we travel because at that time when I started a little over a year ago, we were traveling a lot. I mean, we had for 2020, I think we had four kind of bigger trips planned around, around the world and then COVID happened. And I was like, well, great timing to start a travel channel when the world just shut down so then um I, I still wanted to keep on going with the channel so I was like okay is there something else I can do so then it kind of morphed into me more sharing local travel in Switzerland that of course then once the world opens up people can use as reference of what to do here but I've also started sharing some Finnish culture things like Finnish food and like now I'm doing a series on Finnish sayings that are harder to translate into English. And I try to kind of explain the background of where that saying comes from. And it's it's really fun. And I oh. I, I really loved the direction or like what, what the, the channel has transformed into. And now I kind of, I don't know, I think it has like three categories. I try to do like Finnish culture and traditions um, and then travel in Switzerland. And then like the third part, which is still a bit <laughs> on, the, uh, on the sleeping side is the traveling part. So Hopefully, once the world opens back up again, I can do more international things. But I really enjoy it. And and I yes, to answer your question, it's definitely a place for people to go to to learn a little bit about me and and my what makes me me. I guess. Okay, so I got to tell Dad because you know he's going to be all about your Finnish things because he told me something to tell you in Finnish, and I was like, Dad, I don't know why you're telling me this. You know, I'm not going to remember what you're saying. And he's like, Well, tell her that I I'm telling her that I speak a little Finnish, but he said it in another language. I don't. You know, he always has. Oh, like, I loved your dad. He was going. He so, was so curious about all the cultures and like me is. being in his class. I've never felt so special being from somewhere else. <laughs> I mean, it was it was so great being in his class because he was genuinely curious. And he, yes. I remember, like he would come to me in the like beginning of class or after class, and oh, I, I know a new Finnish word, and he would say it, and it was just oh, it was so much fun. I appreciate that. He's still the same. No. And we've been talking that, you know, since the the treat the trip to Greece didn't happen last year, like it was supposed to with the F2 is that 
he was really bummed about it. And I said, you know, you at some point we could just go by ourselves and maybe when mm-hmm. we go, we could figure out a way to meet up with Tootie. Oh my God, yeah. his mood, his mood <laughs> changed. He was like, really? And I said, yeah. I was like, listen, I get you. We like doing the tour guide thing, but what if we just trusted that we have a few people we know mm-hmm. in Europe who could probably do a great job. And so now yep. I, I should probably let you know, by the way, that that was part of the plan was that we like, have every intention we, of meeting up with you. <laughs> we have a guest room that is ready for you if you show up at our door. So yeah, Yay! welcome. <laughs> oh my God, that will make his day. Well, that's one, but two, and I have to tell you this because we had a whole, Star and I had a whole conversation about this before you started the YouTube you would always post all these pictures of all these travels that you guys did on Facebook and start mm-hmm. talking about like, I love looking like, I don't know when I'm going to get to go to any of these places, but I just love living vicariously through 2D. So when you guys can do your international travel, I'm going to be <laughs> stalking it. Like this is my tour guide because I don't know. I'm not going to know how to look all these places up. So if mm-hmm. 2D goes there, I'm going to know it's a great place to go. <laughs> yeah. And that's actually funny because that, that side, like sharing where we travel, I'm really excited to do it, but that was, a little bit of a battle inside my head when I was thinking about that. I was like, is that going to seem to like my Finnish friends, like I'm bragging Mm. or how much, because I mean, at the moment we're lucky enough to be in really good jobs. Both of us make a nice amount of money that we can live off. We're just two people. We don't have kids. So Mm -hmm. especially in the last, I would say two or three years, we've really invested in like the comfort of travel. So we've done some business class flights. Okay, a lot of it we try to do with points, like the miles and stuff like that. So we don't actually pay a lot of out of pocket. But anyway, so I was thinking, okay, how much of that do we want to share without it looking like we're bragging? But then I was like, okay, just it's something I just have to get over myself. If someone gets offended, then fine, get offended. Don't follow my my channel. Mm-hmm. But it's it, it's finally a I've gotten to a place where I'm like, okay, look, this is me. Take it or leave it, and, yes. and that's it. And the ones who the ones who want to hear it are going to be so appreciative of everything that you do share. And also, I mean, I don't think it's going to take long for people to watch you on your YouTube to know your character and to know you are not a bragger. Right, <laughs> you are actually right. Opposite. So if somebody takes the time to get to know that side of you, I'm I'm confident they would never take it that way. And mm-hmm. again, you never know what horizons you're opening from people just by sharing that. Exactly. And I, I really appreciate hearing that from you and Star because I've actually heard from a lot of my other friends as well who don't travel that much either in Finland or in the US that they've said that they love living vicariously through me. One of my best friends in Finland, she has a fear of flying. So she's like, she's never going to be traveling. Oh, I'm still trying to get her to come with me to US one day. But anyway, she she said she's not like most likely she's never going to be traveling the world. Um, as much as maybe she would want to just because of that fear, but she can then live through those experiences and see those places through the pictures I share and now through the videos I share. So yeah, traveling Finnish girl, look me up. (laughs) Well, I will have a link to your YouTube channel in the show notes. If I knew how I would have it so that it would stream across the bottom of this, but (laughs) I don't know if I'll figure that out by the time this is posted. Exactly. We're both learning. There's, there's still so many things I would want to do in my videos that I don't have the skills to do. So it's, it's a work in progress. It is. It is. Thank you so much for coming on Tootie. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm going to try. Okay. Good feet. Perfect. Was it? Good. It was good. Perfect. Okay. Okay. I'll take good because I know it wasn't perfect, but I will take good. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. And I will also link to your Instagram too, because people can see some really awesome pictures there as well. Mm-hmm. It was so much fun talking with you. Yay. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Duty. If you would like to follow her on YouTube, follow her adventures. There is a link to her YouTube channel in the notes, as well as her Instagram. Definitely encourage it. And if you have not already, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast so that every time we have a new episode like this conversation with Tootie, you automatically have it in your queue in whatever app you prefer listening to podcasts on. And if you have someone you'd love to share this conversation with, you can always send it through a text, send it through a link, or you could send them to the Breaking Labels podcast website. And that is www.breakinglabelspodcast.com. All right, guys. Thank you so much for being here, and I cannot wait to see you next week.